This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. It's fair to say the Michigan GOP is in a state of tatters. That's after big top-of-the-ticket losses in the November election, the pro-Trump attempted coup on January 6th, and a series of ongoing scandals involving their leadership here, both old and new. Over the weekend, Michigan Republicans elected University of Michigan Regent Ron Weiser to lead the party once again. He served as party chair twice before, from 2009 to 2011, and then again from 2017 to 2019. Weiser is embroiled in several scandals, including accusations from departing state party chair Laura Cox of a, quote, sleazy payoff and gross misuse of party funds over the years. And his new party co-chair, Mishan Maddock, helped organize bus trips to this Washington, D.C. rally that turned into this violent insurrection and riot. She and a number of other new state party officers have continued to spread lies about the supposed election fraud and sought to overturn the results of the November election. Bridge, Michigan political reporter Jonathan Osting covered the Republican State Party convention over the weekend, and he joins me now to talk about what went on. Jonathan, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hey, good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. So there were a lot of narratives unfolding going into Saturday's convention uh, and votes, but uh, let's just recap for listeners what was going on and what was at stake for uh, the GOP in this state uh, as they gathered. Yeah, so, I mean, what's at stake, of course, is the 2022 election cycle now. That's what ostensibly they are trying to focus on. Uh, but as you mentioned, there's been a whole lot of distractions for them in recent weeks and really the days leading up to this convention. So uh, you mentioned the accusations of a sleazy payoff. Those came from outgoing chair, now former chair, Laura Cox, who had said she wouldn't run for re-election, but then just two days before the convention uh, released what she called an investigative report by attorneys uh, that uh, uncovered, as she called it, these payoffs um, from Ron Weiser when he used to be party chair (laughs) prior to Laura Cox. Um, uh, And the, the allegation is essentially that Cox used party funds to pay Uh, Stan Grott, the Shelby Township clerk, to drop his 2018 campaign for secretary of state because Republicans were worried that they would have an all-male ticket, which wouldn't have been good going up against, uh, you know, Gretchen Whitmer and Dana Nessel and Jocelyn Benson. So uh, Stan Grott did bow out of that race. Mary Treader Lang won the GOP nomination for secretary of state and ended up losing pretty badly to Benson. So uh, that was the immediate fallout. But as you mentioned, you know, the deeper uh, issues that the party is still grappling with, uh, you know, stem from from President Trump's election loss, his false claims about the election and the insurrection that followed. Mm. So so, of course, nationally, one of the big narratives inside the GOP is this struggle between Republicans who are not necessarily loyal to uh, Donald Trump and want to move the party I guess, back to uh, a a kind of pre-Trump existence and those who are still all in for the 45th president and are increasingly uh, drawn to conspiracy theories about last year's election and in some cases were drawn to this violent uh, insurrection in Washington on on January 6th. 
put the Michigan GOP, I guess, in context as they gathered this weekend, uh, according to those those two camps? Yeah, sure. So there really wasn't, you know, that sort of debate, uh, you know, it's an open feature of the convention this weekend. First of all, I'll just say the convention was conducted virtually. Um, so it was a lot of pre-recorded messages. There was no ability to make motions on the floor. So like at county conventions or congressional district conventions, we've seen, for instance, Republicans move to censure Fred Upton, the uh, Republican congressman, because he, um, you know, voted for impeachment or uh, spoke out against uh, the insurrection. Uh, none of that was really possible in this format. So we didn't see it openly. Ron Weiser, who won the chair race, is, you know, considered a pretty traditional Republican and establishment guy. I mean, in 2010, you know, he was championing uh, Rick Snyder and, and uh, Bill Schuette and that ticket uh, that won and did pretty well across the state. But he has basically, you know, embraced these uh, the, the Trump loyalist faction of the party. Mishan Maddock, who he selected with his co-chair, as you mentioned, um, helped organize buses to the to the rally at the Capitol on January five and six. Um, she is the founder of a group, called, a co-founder of a group called Michigan Trump Republicans. Uh, she was, uh, you know, one of the president the former president's most ardent supporters across the state at one point i reported on this she published a list of allegedly dead voters uh, to facebook publishing their names and addresses well it turned out a lot of them were pretty easy to identify as living people <laughs> um so that backfired um but beyond that they're you know, other sort of party positions, um, you know, the vice chair of the party now, or sorry, the uh, grassroots vice chair, the new coalition's vice chair, and the election administrative vice chair. These are all folks who have either promoted stop the steal uh, stuff or, um, you know, been really involved in the president and former President Trump's uh, campaign to overturn the election. So um, while Ron Weiser himself has sort of tried to walk a line between you know, not overtly criticizing Trump, but not necessarily being gung-ho. Uh, he's uh, brought people into the party now who are very much in the Trump loyalist camp. Mm. And so what about healing these divisions in the party? How how capable is Ron Weiser going to be of doing that, given his own his own problems, uh, the, the scandals that I, that I mentioned that are kind of hovering over his head, will he be able to to pull the party together to put to to put forward a, a united front? I guess uh, in in just uh, you know just about twelve months when uh, when the election for governor and and several other uh, big offices starts to take shape. Yeah, well, I mean that's the the open question, the big question for the GOP right now. Um, now. Ron Weiser is known uh, for his fundraising prowess. He himself is a mega donor, but he's been uh, a leader on finance committees for different Republican elections across the country. So he's known for getting people to open their pocketbooks, which, of course, is an important part of winning an election cycle. Um, but beyond that, the, the Civil War, I think it's going to, you know, the, the war between the Trump faction and the, and the traditional Republicans, it's going to be very interesting to see how he walks that line. I mean, if he uh, takes any steps to minimize his new co-chair, Mishan Maddock, I think the grassroots is really going to come out with pitchforks. Um, so he can't necessarily do that. Um, but he also has to, you know, try and win back, for instance, 
you know, corporations that have said publicly they will not be donating to candidates like, for instance, Lisa McLean, the new congresswoman who uh, voted uh, to object to presidential electors uh, in the U.S. House on January 6th. So these are folks that the GOP is going to have to defend and also recruit, uh, you know, new candidates this year uh, amid a climate where um, some big corporate donors have already suggested uh, they're going to keep their pocketbooks closed to those people that were part of that movement. Hmm. Uh, A listener on Twitter asks, what about gerrymandering? which the Michigan GOP has relied very heavily on to keep its majority, even though uh, the majority of voters in the state of Michigan cast Democratic ballots. They have had a majority both at uh, the congressional level and in, in uh, both, both uh, state houses for, for some time now. Uh, of, of course, that's going to change as this year an independent commission is going to draw those lines, how much, uh, how much might that change? And was there any discussion during the convention about the idea of a really different map that they will be dealing with next year? Yeah, no, I mean, there was no discussion of it, of it at the convention. Like I mentioned, it was kind of a, you know, the virtual format didn't allow for those robust debates and floor debate that you might normally see at a convention. But certainly, um, that's on everyone's mind. Uh, it's part of you know, the candidate recruitment process. It was part of the reason a lot of people speculated that the GOP didn't get better candidates or higher profile candidates anyways to run in the 8th and 11th congressional district against freshman reps Alyssa Slotkin and Haley Stevens uh, this past cycle because anyone jumping into those races uh, might not know what their district is going to look like uh, come 2022. Mm. So uh, Michigan will likely lose a seat given population trends. We mm-hmm. just haven't grown as fast as other states. So we're likely going to go down uh, again uh, to 13 seats now. We've seen that happen the last two uh, census cycles as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there's going to be a whole lot of new dynamics congressionally. Uh, and the state legislative seats also, uh, you know, 110 of those in the House, 38 in the Senate are all going to be redrawn. Um, it's going to be a real challenge for this um, new redistricting commission to uh, to draw maps that necessarily give a completely level playing field because there are uh, dynamics like, you know, the state has to follow uh, the Voting Rights Act and have two minority-majority districts. So that necessarily uh, means things might still look a little funny uh, in terms of how the lines are drawn. And there's going to be big, wide rural areas up north and in the UP that, you know, <laughs> there's not going to be a, Tem- a lot of Democratic districts mm. up there. So uh, these folks have a challenge before them. Um, and it's certainly, um, like I said, part of the calculus and the challenge for Republicans right now to recruit candidates. But their bigger issue is to recruit statewide candidates and gerrymandering won't affect that. Sure. Sure. Uh, Adam on Twitter says the selection of Maddox as co-chair is a direct endorsement by the state GOP of continued misinformation and Trump culture. She is extreme in her viewpoints. Her elevation to this position is a dog whistle to the toxic elements of Michigan's Republican citizenry. That's something I hear sometimes, Jonathan, from Republicans themselves who are starting to speak out about this part of the party and the damage that uh, that it seems to be doing. Um, how how likely is that to to sort of carry on that 
the argument about Maddox and the people she represents? Well, I think certainly a lot of old school Republicans are disappointed in how this all played out. Um, you know, again, it remains to be seen uh, what role she's necessarily going to have. I mean, the co-chair role is sort of a malleable one. Uh, we don't know who's going to be the, the face or the most vocal uh, leader in the Michigan GOP, whether it will be Ron Weiser, or whether he'll cede some of that to Michon Maddock. Uh, certainly her views are controversial. Uh, there are folks who really like what she's been able to do from an organizational standpoint. I mean, uh, whether or not you agree with uh, what she did with the Michigan Conservative Coalition or Michigan Trump Republicans, she managed to energize a lot of voters um, and uh, hold unique events that drew, uh, you know, a lot of maybe reluctant voters uh, out um, and into their community to discuss politics. So she's got a track record, certainly, of doing that. Um, but whether that, uh, you know, she can tone down her message to appeal to more than just, uh, you know, that that hardcore base of Trump supporters remains to be seen. OK, Jonathan Osting. Uh, Michigan politics reporter for Bridge, Michigan. Great to have you here with us uh, on Detroit Today. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, Stephen. That is going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when we're going to talk with Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter about the vaccine rollout. We'll also talk with journalist Michelle Norris to talk about a virtual talk she's going to give with Wayne State University titled Eavesdropping on America's Conversation on Race. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.